with open drum and bass, we, our venue got pulled from us five days until launch. Mm. And I was like, far out. I've got the DJs lined up. Um, I'm collaborating with someone else. Oh my gosh. You know, so then I gamified failure. I'm like, okay, great. Fantastic. I need to get five rejections from locations within three days. That's what I need to do. Up to my last beach set in Scarborough, every day, especially between the hours of, I was documenting it, especially between the hours of sort of six and 10, I would just be telling myself how I don't know what I'm doing. Um, everyone's gonna laugh at you. Um, you know, really someone else should be doing this. You're a fake, all this sort of stuff. So I probably had three to four hours a day um, of that going through my head. And it was always at nighttime, which is really interesting. Mm. Um, you know, consistently, consistently, consistently. And going on to that with ideas, if I have an idea like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna message Carl Cox and I'm gonna see if he wants to be involved. If I think about that for five minutes, I'm not doing it. Mm. Okay, so as soon as I think something, I do it. Mm. You know, 20% of my ideas are probably rubbish, whatever. If they're rubbish, then people will say, look, no, because they're X, Y, and Z, fine, I'll take that in. Mm. But taking action, and then thinking of every single little detail after the fact will get you more productive. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Couple of Lattes with your host, me, Jacques Massey. I'm on a mission to give people wings and roots, and Couple of Lattes is a podcast designed to offer simple solutions to your perceived problems, empowering you to take charge of your life. Couple of Lattes brings powerful conversations with some of the most insightful people in the world straight to your ears. You can listen to new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on your chosen podcast platform, and you can even watch it on YouTube. Anyway, time to create some purpose and find some meaning in your life with this episode of Couple of Lattes. All right, friends, welcome to another episode of Couple of Lattes. As always, I'm your host, Jacques Massey. Uh, today, I have the privilege of having the founder and director of Open Deck Fest, Mind My Kiwi Accent. It's not <laughs> D-I-C-K, it's D-E-C-K Fest. <laughs> um, Kieran, Mr. Kieran Dib, welcome to the show, bro. Most important question of the entire podcast. How are you doing, bro? I'm good, man. In lockdown in Perth, but it's all good. I get productive when I get locked down, so I'm enjoying nice. it for now. Nice. What does productive look like during a lockdown, apart from drinking heaps of coffee and doing podcasts? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's actually not being busy um, and having time for my thoughts to settle. I've got a phone. I've got a MacBook, and then um, I, I just seem to I seem to get busy. I seem to you know reach out, contact create you know more relationships and then every time i've had a lockdown it's uh open deck has definitely grown mm -hmm. well since you've uh, mentioned the name now in a much better accent than i did right at the start <laughs> karen you want to kind of just touch on i guess what is open deck how did it get started how quick did you get it started and i guess what were some of the inspirations behind it so we get a bit of context and then we can move into a, a few other questions yeah sure so um I, I mean, I've always liked music. Um, I was in the, you know, the rave scene back in the early sort of 2000s and a documentary came out called The Movement, um, which is basically the last 
20, 25 years of drum and bass, really how it all sort of, um, how it all started. And a guy that I knew back in the day called Paul Harding um, was on there doing a lot of interviews and that sort of thing. So he's um, a part of Pendulum. So one of the biggest electronic acts to come out of Perth. And I remember back in the day, um, a lot of people on a Wednesday, they would show up with half a crate of vinyl, you know, try to get 30 minutes on the uh, on the turntables, whoever played best, had the opening set at what they called Drum Club. And I thought at the time, I'd love to go and see the up-and-coming talent, you know, especially I was in Melbourne at the time. So through all my searching and Googling, I realised that's just just wasn't a thing anymore. People would do a little mix or make a song, chuck it up on SoundCloud, on MixCloud, YouTube, whatever, job done. Mm. Um, and I thought that missed um, the massive aspect of networking, the competitiveness of everyone getting together, um, a lot of competition with a lot of pressure creates, um, you know, gold creates creativity and that just wasn't available. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll just do that myself. Mm. You know, so how I knew I was sort of onto something is I put a little, a little bit of marketing out, spent about, I think it was about $10 on Facebook and got over 50 DJ mixes in within a couple of days. Mm. And I was like, wow, okay, um, this is something that, you know, the market and up and coming DJs want. And then it just sort of, it, it went off from there. So within sort of three days of having the idea, um, I was forming a night really. So mm. yeah, pretty fast. So basically you turned that kind of competitive aspect of a bunch of DJs, I guess, playing off against each other almost mm. into a club night, right? So that's how you monetized it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So I spoke to a friend I knew at the, um, in Brighton had a bar. So mm. I told him the idea of, I'll give you a little bit of history of what happened back in the day. So people used to show up uh, with their crate of vinyl. Um, they'll try to play, try to stand out, I guess, mm. um, to get onto the big stage really on the Saturday. Now, from that competitive environment came like Pendulum, came Knife Party, came Shock One. So... I mean, these guys have sold out Wembley Stadium. Mm. These guys have played, you know, Glastonbury, Ultra Music Festival, all these huge things. So I knew that um, just pushing all these creatives together would hopefully, you know, create some diamonds, create some new sounds and sort of come from that. So that's what I based it on. It's not a new idea. I'm just sort of um, putting it back in place in the community that we're trying to. Yeah, that's awesome, bro. I feel like in a, a lot of aspects about the way we, meaning the world more generally, live our lives these days is we kind of shy away from this idea of competition and failure now. It's just all instantaneous. There's no like kind of renaissance anymore, you know? There's no like artistic creativity that goes behind things. It's just all instant, 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 instant. So I, I guess that that competition and that failure aspect of of what you're doing is is that's how diamonds diamonds are under pressure all the time and they're constantly getting attacked by heat and cold and pressure from all around them. That's what creates beauty, right? And I guess this it's idea um, of failure and competition is, is what you're kind of encouraging with, with your business. It, it's just natural as well. I mean, if I know now, like I've, I've had so many of these nights and heard so many DJs um, and the ones that, you know, get, get your head turning are the ones that sound different, mm. you know, so, what these DJs uh, and producers get exposed to, if they come to a few nights and they think, man, it's everyone's playing the same tunes, you know, um, that will 
drive people to be like, well, I want to be a little bit different. I want to stand out. I'm going to dig into the archives. I'm going to make a different sound. And that's why I, I come back to Pendulum again. That I mean, that's why they popped off because they had that drum and bass sound, but then really they had the rock sound as well. And not, no one had heard that. And it was also at the time where people were going from uh, making tunes using a whole bunch of hardware mm-hmm. to really using software. You know, so they didn't have this massive expense as well. So they could experiment. They could churn out tunes pretty fast and, you know, then, then create an original sound. And that's, that's what makes people, especially in the underground pop, is that original sound. It really is. For Melbourne, uh, for instance, there's so much minimal. There's so much, you know, uh, Melbourne bounce and that sort of thing. And putting all these creatives together, something definitely will. There will come someone with a new sound that comes out of left field that will actually change the direction of the market. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, bro. Um, a little bit more about, about the business more generally. So talk to me about how it evolved. So when you first told me this, I was pretty shocked. It took you nine months, basically. It's been nine months, roughly, right, until until now? or Yes, yeah, yeah roughly. Yeah, cool. So you started off with these kind of, um, I guess, these open open deck nights, basically, where, where you get a, a bunch of uh, potential artists in to compete with one another and, and try and uh, experiment with new sounds. But where did, it, where did it evolve from there? You talked a little bit to me about fringe festivals and family festivals. Yeah. Um, let, let's get into that side of it. So with um, with Open Deck, whenever I've had an event, um, it seems to have grown or someone um, has turned up, which we can collaborate with and stuff like this. So I'll, I'll give you an example. So our, fir- our first Open Deck at uh, Bricks Bar in Brighton, um, a guy caught up who you've had on here, Tion J. Um, who shout I, out. Shout out, Tion. Um, <laughs> who I really got along with, you know, he offered a lot of help and all this sort of stuff, but I didn't realize that he was a DJ on KISS FM. Mm. Uh, So about a week or so later, um, he said, look, I've talked to the station manager, Timmy Byrne. Um, Can you just send an email about about what you're doing? And then about three, four weeks later, uh, we ended up with a show on KISS FM. Huge. Which is like mind-blowing. Like KISS FM is such an icon. It's the you know, Australia's largest dance music uh, dedicated radio station. And really, it's it was just about sort of having a go, um, putting it out there, and then it, it just seemed to happen. And I think, um, like, just being nice, being being personable play, uh, pays dividends, you know, because people want to work with you, people want to collaborate, especially in music. Uh, a lot of people are so passionate about music and they just offer their help or say, look, maybe this, maybe that. And, and then it grows. So we ended up with a, um, a, a show on the radio station called Open Deck. And I was able to use that to actually grab one of the DJs and put them as a host. Mm. Okay. With the thought of um, they will grow into that and possibly move into their own show. And then it opens up a position for someone else who's played Open Deck to go in there. So um, that helps as well, you know, elevating all the talent that, that sort of pops up. Um, so that was really good. Um, I was stuck through the lockdown in Melbourne, just like just like everyone was, and I'm from Perth originally. So uh, the wife basically said, well, I'm going back to Perth. Are you coming? Because I'm sick of this lockdown. <laughs> so I said, yeah, I better do that. Um, and then we were – so we went through the whole hotel quarantine, but in um, – 
whenever there's a lockdown, I seem to get busy. So I had a phone, I had a laptop, and I started talking to councils. And I got some funding from Sterling Council, and we had sets on the beach. So we were able to run four weeks of DJ sets on the beach, mm. which happened to really build a good foundation of connections because I met nearly like 35 or 40 DJs plus whoever came down as well um, to build that sort of community and my connections in Perth um, and to work with councils as well and access that funding and let people know that there is funding there if they do want to do something you know in music there are councils that they have these arts grants so just approach them because they're always looking for ideas yeah, yeah, and they need to they need to get rid of that money, right? As as well, because yeah, they if they do. don't, then it gets wiped. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So if they, if they don't spend their funding, they actually get less and less and less. So mm. they're always open to ideas, a hundred percent. And then from that, we started a um, open drum and bass night uh, here um, that we work with in the sewing room during the day. And I mean that that's gone really well as well. We've sold out. Um, uh, our second night was totally sold out, which is pretty crazy for a midweek gig. And the week after that, we ha- we actually had um, Pendulum, that Paul uh, Paul Harding Pendulum uh, pop up and just do a pop up set to show Sick. you know support for grassroots, which was just incredible. It was yeah. I couldn't believe it. And he hasn't played out all year. I think he had one gig um, in like twelve months. And then he just popped up and, you know, really showed support for grassroots, which, which is pretty incredible. Amazing. Amazing. So that's, so you basically went from what you started in Melbourne and now you've got three different kind of things running within open deck, right? You've got the, the radio show, um, you've got the, the, the gigs that are on the beach, and then you've also got this, uh, drum and bass night at, at this, this club in, in Perth. Uh, yeah, a, a bit more than that we have. So we've got Open Deck in Melbourne um, mm-hmm. at Bricks Bar. So mm-hmm. that's one. We've got uh, the one on the beach. Now that run has finished, but um, I can go back to them and sort of run it again. So that's sort of in the works. We've got Open Drum and Bass. We've got Kiss FM. Mm-hmm. And when I got back to Perth, I met up with a friend of mine who had come back from New York. Same reason, Corona, mm-hmm. right? So we came mm-hmm. back to New York and we had a conversation about... Um, when you come back to your hometown, you come with new eyes, you know, you see opportunities. Mm. Uh, we both have families. We both have kids. Um, we love our music, but we don't want to be out of the nightclubs and, and we can't be out of the nightclubs every weekend. Mm. So we thought, well, what if we fuse, you know, the good music, good DJs, but with family activities as well. And then we created family rave day. So mm. a company called two fat dads, which we're both partners in. <laughs> that's an Two awesome name dads. yeah yeah all right <laughs> ph yeah the cool fat <laughs> yeah 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 um and yeah then we just started running family rave day events so our first event um we so we had 400 tickets to sell we sold those in three days then they mm. opened up another room they gave us another 150 then we sold those and we kept on selling tickets until we got up to 800 and we just shut it off we said well that's enough it's our first event um let's make sure it goes well mm. which it really did um if anyone wants to check out two fat dad's facebook page you'll see all the footage and everything on there um and then from that we entered the fringe Fe- the fringe world festival mm. and we'd sold out 10 shows to that so it's um 
it seems like a totally new market, the family friendly dance market. Mm. And that seems to be going the way of, you know, that nostalgic sort of nineties um, movement that's happening. Like basketball cards are coming back, you know, sneakers are definitely coming back in a huge yeah, way. Yeah. And it's that nineties nostalgia. And I mean, we, I mean, we, we don't really have a brand and we sold out 11 shows, which is. That's amazing. Incredible. Yeah, and you were, you were telling me last time we talked, like it's it's rare to get one or two fringe uh, gigs and you, yeah, you got 10, right? Well, they gave us 14. Um, so they, they gave us three um, and then they sold out and it was just luck. And a lot of people need to realise when stuff goes well or doesn't go well, it's there's so much luck involved, luck and timing, stuff that is just out, you know, out of your control. And mm-hmm. what happened was the borders closed to Sydney and Brisbane. So mm. a lot of the artists that were coming over for Fringe World Festival in Perth couldn't come over. So they right. had all these spots to fill. So they gave us another 10 shows. <laughs> we like, and we don't know. Like we, like we don't know much about Fringe. It's our first Fringe. We don't know if that's normal or not. What We don't know. Yeah. Um, and we sold out, we've sold out every show except these two midweek ones, which were within business hours, but we didn't know. We're like, yeah, we'll take it, whatever. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, so apparently that's good if you've, if you've sold out that many shows and it's your first time at Fringe Festival. But I guess we're, we're naive, so, so we don't really know, but we're happy with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and talk to me about that kind of, uh, not forced naivety, that's kind of the wrong term for it, but almost this idea of um, staying humble and just taking taking the actions, no matter how big things get or or how well you do. Because we, we talked about this briefly last time we chatted, you know, this this kind of idea of a celebrity status, once you do well consecutively, it almost gets to the point where you think you're so good that you can't fail. And that's where the <laughs> failure starts happening, right? That's yeah, where the weaknesses and the cracks appear. But look, if you're attached to your, like, I mean, we're not emotionally attached to the outcome. That's the mm. thing. Uh, we're just having fun if i mean with any idea it doesn't actually matter if you think it's a good idea or not the market will let you know Mm. okay and like i said a lot of that comes into timing and that so even if you do have a good idea you are good at executing that idea if the timing isn't right it's never going to work there's a great book by malcolm gladwell called outliers Mm. fantastic book um and I read that book before um, I had the idea about open decks and this sort of thing. And it, it basically lets you, it basically lets you know all these huge guys like your Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, the Beatles, all these guys. There is so many things that was out of their control that just happened to line up, you know, mm. whether it's timing or situational location. So you may as well give it a go. And if it doesn't work, it's not always on you. Mm. So when I realized that, um, I, I stopped being attached to the outcome and just thought, well, you know, I, th- I think that's a good idea. Let's put it out there and see if it works. Mm. And that's what's mm. happened with Fringe Festival. I mean, the market said, yep, you know, that's fantastic. I have tried a few things that didn't really hit the ground running. So a house DJ, uh, Open Decks house DJ night. So that needs a little bit of work, but it didn't sort of have the momentum that Family Rave Day did or that Open Drum and Bass had or that the KISS FM show had, but whatever. I could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not devastated that it didn't work. It just needs a bit of work or maybe the timing's wrong. Maybe the mm. location's wrong. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's, I guess that's this idea of just detaching from things and not in a negative way. When you hear the word detach, you go, oh, that's 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 negative. Like that's you should be attached to your ideas or <laughs> um Yeah, it's I mean, yeah, it's like when when you realize that how much luck and how much timing is in everything, it really, it just erodes that, Whoa, look at what I created. I'm so mm. original. This is fantastic. There's, there's so much that's out. that's out of your control. You know, mm. there, there mm. really is. There's a great example about um, uh, Bill, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. If, if they were born five years earlier or five years later, all the data shows they never would have turned into what they, they did. Yeah, you know, yeah. just that absolute luck of being born in the right location at that right time mm. gave them the opportunity to become what they'd become. But if they were born, say, I don't know, in the Midwest mm. uh, five years earlier, it would be nearly, nearly impossible for them to create the empires that they created. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this is a good time to kind of move into some of the roadblocks because I can imagine listeners right now are thinking, well, you know, well done, Karen. You're, you're just a bloody entrepreneur, aren't you? But but I could never do this. So like I have all these roadblocks that might get in my way. And well, this guy's amazing, but it's, it's not for me. So maybe why don't we try and um, kind of, um, I guess, remove the kind of stigmas around things that might stop people from pursuing what it is they want to do, whether it is that they want to follow your kind of uh, your kind of industry and get into entertainment or whatever it is they want to do. Maybe it's fitness, maybe it's finance, maybe it's uh, a podcast, maybe it's writing a book, whatever it is that people want to do. Let's try and demystify this idea of uh, starting a business because it's it seems like it's uh, almost like, I think influencer culture has kind of made it this way. You know, it's almost like people who are entrepreneurs now are looked at as celebrities and, and gods and, you know, people who start companies have some sort of advantage over everyone else. But <laughs> quite often it's the opposite. A lot of people who run companies, successful companies, are at some form of disadvantage. They're just willing to detach from the failures and give it a crack. Mm. Um, I mean, detaching from the failures, the biggest thing, and I experienced this and I, I see it, all the time when I chat to people about, you know, uh, what's happened with Open Deck and what ideas they have and this sort of thing is uh, really peer pressure of what they've done previously. Um, and then it, it's not only about detaching about the outcome, it's being able to handle or detach yourself from other people's opinions, you know, if it all doesn't go through. There's mm. so much pressure there. And I mean, I was in Melbourne and all my family and historical friends and all that sort of thing were in Perth. So I didn't have to deal with that. Mm, mm. But as soon as I landed back, the amount of times I had to explain myself, which I never had to do in Melbourne, which was incredible. And I, I didn't even realize it was, it was a thing until I landed back in Perth and everyone was like, okay, so, so what are you doing? Oh, okay. Um, so how, how, how do you know how to do that? You know, but, but it, it wasn't, the questions weren't in a way of, Oh, that's great. How, how do you know how to do that? It was sort of like, well, do you know what you're doing? Mm. What, what, what do you mean you've got funding? Like, have have you done this and have you done that? And just to clarify, when I started this, I'm not I'm not a DJ. I'm not a DJ. When I started this, I didn't even know how to plug in the equipment. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. I knew nothing about audio. Like I was googling, like what 
wires do I need? Are they even called wires? No one RCA. Okay, what's an RCA? You know, do they use HDMIs? Oh no, they don't because that's for a television. Like I, I, I just didn't know anything, but mm. I knew I could find it. Mm. You know, I knew that um, the right people would pop up to help me. Mm. You know, and I guess looking back, if if you do want to, like, say you want to start an IT company. And I mean, you hear, you know, entrepreneurs say this and there's a million examples that people, you know, some people started an IT company, but know nothing about IT. Yeah. But they get yeah. people that do. I mean, you know, Steve, Steve Jobs started Apple. He wasn't the guy building the software or the hardware. Like that was mainly Steve Wozniak. He was just the guy <laughs> who was motivated enough and could see uh, a gap in the market and a niche in the market and went for it. Now Apple's the most valued company in the world. It's um, yeah, it's and that's digging into detail, and and I think that is overthinking. Mm. Now, like I, I'll tell you now, like I've had a, a million ideas, you know, and I, I just follow them all the way until I hit a wall, and if I can't get around that wall, that's fine, you know, move that to the side, and move on with something else. Mm. So I'll, I'll give you an example of a, what's perceived as a wall, but I guess I I misunderstood what my wife was saying. Okay, so I've had a million ideas. I just I, I love learning stuff. That's, that's probably my favorite thing, just to learn new skills. Um, and my wife said, uh, I'm over these hobbies. I don't want you spending any money on any more hobbies or anything, you know, da, 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 da. And I took that as, that's, what a great idea. <laughs> that's a fantastic, that's. I don't want to spend money I'm, either. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. Okay, great, fantastic. So what I'll do, I'll start with $0. That's what I'll do. Awesome, thanks. Uh, so what she actually meant was, yeah, I don't want, you, I just don't want you doing it anymore, okay? But I took that as in, yep, challenge accepted. Let Let's go. And it started with, you know, going on the free Gumtree and free marketplace and grabbing stuff and then, you know, selling that for a little bit, then getting a bit of money and going to an op shop and getting more, you know, selling that and da 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 da. And then I had this pool of money to start Open Deck, you know, yeah. to rent the equipment and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I guess I, I could have seen that as in, oh, okay, it's over. You know, mm. she, you know, she, she doesn't want to spend money. She doesn't want to do this, but it's, I think, I think there's opportunity mm. when, when you do hit say a roadblock, like they, there can be an opportunity to sort of improve it. So I, I don't think money's an object. I don't think that's a roadblock at all. If you've got mm. hustle, you can definitely do it. Um, don't overthink it into detail. There's a million reasons why I shouldn't have started, mm. you know, all the friends got involved and all the opinions got mm. involved. Your parents' opinions got involved. You're not a DJ. You don't know the equipment. What do you know? You don't know anyone in the industry. You literally know, you don't know any DJs. Like mm. what you've never run an event, all this sort of thing. But I just did it. And what happened, which is pretty incredible, people started just popping up that sort of filled in the knowledge gaps that I didn't know. Mm. Mm. And really by the second event, everything ran smooth. Yeah, amazing. 100%, everything ran smooth. So it's the universe will give you the people and the conversations that that you need to, you know, follow through in, in, in what you want to do. I guess it's really just about what kind of state you turn up as, right? Like if you're in this kind of mindset that you're in where you're like, all right, cool, problem, let's find a solution. This is kind of exciting. And, and I refer to this kind of yeah. as the engineer's mindset, right? There's If there's a problem, okay. cool, let's get pumped <laughs> and let's solve it. Let's figure it out. As opposed to, the, oh, there's a problem, cool, I better stop. 
But just just quickly, Karen, before you kind of respond to that one, let's let's try and cover off some of these roadblocks. So you've kind of okay. covered them off a little bit already, but I'm going to basically fang out a, a problem at you or a, or a roadblock that oh, might cool. stop me or, or whoever's listening from getting into their, their kind of entrepreneurial journey. And you can just kind of respond as you will. So first one, I have no money. Yeah, that's that's the most fun part. That is the most fun part because there is money everywhere. There actually mm. is money everywhere. Um, if let's say we needed a thousand dollars, we need a thousand dollars. That's what we need. What I'll do right now, I'll go on Gumtree, I'll go on Facebook, I'll look for free stuff, and I'll scroll through, and something will pop up that you go, "Wow, that's got value." I'll grab that, sell that. Then you've got a little bit of money. Okay, mm. so in one month, I turned zero dollars into three and a half grand. Okay, the weirdest thing that I got that I sold was a hundred wheelchair wheels. <laughs> brand new what? And I'm like, I know nothing about that, but I know there's value there. So a hundred wheelchair wheels. I grabbed the phone and I just started calling up wheelchair repair companies. Mm. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's probably a thing. Um, got the photo, sent them to them. And before you knew it, we got, uh, well, I got a thousand dollars for the wheelchair wheels plus shipping and we shipped it up to Queensland and then I was off and running with a thousand bucks. That's amazing. Cool. So that's that one crossed off the list. Next one. Easy. I, I don't have enough time. Oh, do not give me that. You, you actually don't need like, I have a wife, three kids and a full-time job. Okay. Wow. It's, it's um, and you can actually recruit people as well. So you can recruit people that have more time than you. Okay, and task them and, you know, get them involved and collaborate. So there's, I've only done one event, which was the first one in Melbourne that I didn't have someone that I collaborated with. Um, for all my other events, I work with other people. Okay, so even if, even if you have one hour, if you structure that hour and write down always on a piece of paper, okay, I've got one hour in the first 10 minutes, I'm going to do this. In the second 10 minutes, I'm going to do this. In the third 10 minutes, I'm going to do that and then get to work, you'll probably get more achieved than most people will in a full day, mm. okay? And you can also collaborate with people to fill in the knowledge gaps and they have time, okay? So then your time doubles, okay? So you can task them. Obviously, they become part of it. You have a split on income if that's the way it is, or maybe they're passionate about it and there is no income. You both want to move forward and just see what the project turns into. Then you've doubled your time. So there's always time. 100 awesome. are you watching netflix are you watching tv let's mm. turn it off mm. fair enough fair enough that's a good one good answer um next one what if i fail ah okay what's so <laughs> so you do something else but the knowledge so the thing about failure is the knowledge you have picked up on the way on your next project you will be able to use that knowledge mm. as well. And, mm. and you will meet people. I mean, let, let's, what, what is failure? Let's define failure. If um, I'll give you an example. So on our open deck um, house DJ night, we, um, so not many people showed up. And I mean, some people would say, look, that's a failure. But what I learned was I need a more intimate club, not one that has 500 people because you need, you need like 300 people there to make, you know, make it feel okay. So number mm. one, I learned the club was too big. Okay. Um, number two, I learned that the location, it was out of the city. So zero walk past traffic. Number three, I learned it's upstairs as well. So for people 
to drag people in that are walking outside upstairs and that is probably not going to happen as well. Mm. Okay. And I um, had six DJs. I'm still friends, really good friends with three of them. And two of them are volunteered and helped out at the family rave day. Mm. Okay. When I had two, when I had two people pull out the day before, we were about to launch an 800 person family rave day. And they were like, <laughs> yeah, definitely 100%. I'll help you. You know, so there's so much good that came out of that. And there's so much knowledge that came out of that, which made open drum and bass more successful. Mm, mm, 100%. So I don't see it as a failure at all. It's weird that we view failure as such a bad thing. And like I've promoted this before on other podcasts, but I would actively, I would, I would ask people to actively go out there and practice sucking and practice failing. Um, so, um, like, it, it's just so helpful in, in terms of your learning. Like if, if you're not failing on the, on, on the way, you just, you're not going to get the tools and the knowledge you need to, to reach that kind of success. Let me switch that around. So I, I work on a, I mean, I had 12 years in sales. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, with work with like Mercedes Benz, BMW, all, all these guys, you need to switch it up. Now let's say we wanted to start a ice cream shop. Okay, we want to start an ice cream shop. We've got no money. Um, We have no location. We have no experience. We have none of that. What I would say, if me and you were going to do it, is, okay, we need 10 rejections this week. I need 10 rejections. I need to find a location, and I need to be told no 10 times. That is my target. My target isn't to find a place. My target is to be told no 10 times. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, if someone says no, the only rule is you have to go, okay, why is that? That's it. That's the only rule, right? You're tasked with 10. I'm tasked with 10. Let's get on the phone. Let's go. So you're almost gamifying failure. hundred percent. And it awesome. makes it fun. It mm. makes it fun. And um, so, so with, um, with open drum and bass, we, our venue got pulled from us five days until launch. Mm. And I was like, far out. I've got the DJs lined up. Um, I'm collaborating with someone else. Oh my gosh, you know, so then I gamified failure. I'm like, okay, great, fantastic. I need to get five rejections from locations within three days. That's what I need to do. So I was, you know, on the phone doing this, doing this, and I always ask why. So the location we have it at the moment, they said, look, it's going to cost you this much. Okay. I said, well, I don't have that right now. Let's do a trial period. Let's do this. Let's do that. They said, well, look, we don't open that day. I said, that's fine. Okay, but if we do open that day and we do go well, it's going to be another source of income for you. You know, if we try it and it fails, whatever, I'm not losing anything. You're not losing anything. A little bit of staff, but so what? The upside is a new day for injection of cash for the company. Hmm. Um, and then they said, all right, great. Let's, um, let's go and trial it. And then we'll have a conversation afterwards and sort of go from there. So, awesome. It's exactly that same thing, but I did get told no by three other places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expect the no's, yeah. That's sick. That's a really good answer, bro. Um, okay, next one for you. What will people think of me? <laughs> that's, um, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. That's, that's, so there's a lot of pressure on what people will think of you i guess because i've tried so many things i'm a little bit immune to it it's a little bit of that gary v if anyone listens to gary v that he went through such a hard time in school that really it eradicated what anyone thought of him to him personally 
Mm. You know, so he, he came out with this sort of thick skin. But um, I guess, like, I'm 38 years old. I just, I don't know. It, if you care about what other people think of you and, that, and you prioritise that over trying something that you want to try, I mean, do you really want to be on your deathbed going, oh, I wonder if I could have done this. I wonder if I mm. could have done that. Oh, you know, mm. I was too worried about what my friend would think of me. Like, mm. it's... It, it will very limit, I mean, we're, this life isn't a rehearsal. We only get one shot at it. We only get one shot at it, you know, and think about that. Are you, you know, do you put more importance on what other people think of you or what, what you want to actually try? But I get, I get how much this affects someone. I don't have the answer to that besides, you know, sort of don't care, just do it. Mm-hmm. If you're surrounding yourself by people that, you know, will judge you and, you know, put you down and do all this sort of stuff instead of backing you. Well, maybe that's something to think about as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with eliminating people out of your life if they're pulling you back. Like, you don't, you, you're not obliged to stay <laughs> someone's friend. <laughs> like, no, if, if, if old mate Gaz over there, uh, you know, uh, sorry if I'm offending you if you're, you're actually called Gaz. <laughs> Um, I know actually a really awesome gas, by the way. But let's say you've got old negative gas over there and he, he's kind of bringing you down. You, you don't need to be his friend. That's really yeah. that simple. That's, I mean, you've touched on something there that I think the majority of people do struggle with. Um, mm. And it's not only friends, it's family. It's this, that, and the other. Like if you've been a cabinet maker for 20 years, and you want to go and, you know, run events in a blue collar environment generally, because I, I did work in that environment for about uh, 13 years. It's, it's tough. It is tough. Um, I mean, you don't have to tell everyone what you're doing anyway, but you normally do, you know, because you're, you're there probably eight, 10 hours a day, but you just have to ignore it and you have to push through or just don't do it and do the same thing you've been doing for the last have many years in your life i mean that's mm. your options are to do it and not care mm. or just don't do it and yeah, yeah. and i think a lot of it comes down to incentive as well right like if you really in the back of your head can't stop thinking about this project you want to try then make it and put some incentives in place for it like make it way way more attractive than the alternative option which is to live in fear and stay in the job you're already doing and listen to everyone else and don't do what it is you really want to do like make that sound really, really negative and make the other idea of just giving it a crack sound really amazing. And then guess what? You're going to look at it and be like, well, I've got to do this. Like this sounds way cooler. Mm, mm. It's um, that is, yeah. But once you get past that, it actually opens up the whole world to you. It, it, it honestly, honestly, honestly really does. Once you get past that, you can basically do anything or try anything. Mm. Um, and look, sometimes it's going to work out. Sometimes it isn't whatever like stop Mm. stop caring about the outcome because at the end of the day it actually doesn't matter if you think it's an amazing idea the market will let you know yeah yeah and if the market doesn't want it at that point in time so what cool maybe 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 the timing's wrong maybe you are amazing at it maybe it is a fantastic idea but the timing's wrong doesn't mean you can't do it again later on Mm. it just didn't work that time yeah yeah yeah, powerful dude. Love that. Okay, another couple for you to demystify. Um, <laughs> but look, 
Kieran, this idea is great, but there's just so much to do, mate. There's just way too much to do. Well, that's, I mean, that's an internal dialogue. Um, what works for me personally is as soon as I get a date and a location, then even if that date and location is in three months time or it's in a week's time, it seems to take up that entire time to get it ready. Okay. And I've, I've had stuff I've had to throw together in six hours. I've had stuff that I've had to had six weeks and no matter how long it is, you will get everything done and you will take up that whole amount of time. Mm. It just, mm. it's weird, but it actually 100% happens. Mm. Okay. Mm. So just make a commitment, even make a commitment to a third party, even by date and time and you'll get it done. You will yeah. get it done. And if, and people will pop up. People will pop up to help you. It's it's weird, but it's what happens. Mm. It's one hundred percent what happens. Yeah, one hundred percent. Love that. So put a deadline on it. And then the other one I would probably add to that, and you can let me know what you think of this, is to just break it down. Like a lot of the time, we have this habit of looking at the entire ladder rather than just looking at the first rung, right? Like all you need to do is take action on the first rung, set that deadline, and then the rungs will follow. You just get one task done at a time. Don't don't make it so overcomplicated if if someone who's run or hardly run any events before um i mean we ended up with one two three four we ended up with five for family rave day we ended up with a five room event with 800 people with a staff of uh including djs and performers of i think it was 20 mm. okay and we pulled that together in four weeks <laughs> that's awesome and it ran smooth yeah yeah there you 100%, go 100% 100% ran smooth it's we got amazing feedback from performers we got amazing feedback from the public um and we had footage we had you know documentation of it so bang we had a business mm. we had product mm. you know so if, if we sat back and said well we've never run a family event before um you know let alone a multi-room event no one's actually run a family event of this size, you know, in a nightclub, you know, sort of bar sort of setting, you know, m maybe we should just leave it to the experts that, you know, run events every weekend. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, the, the quote unquote experts uh, just have no idea how to plug in a wire into a, into a DJ deck. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah if anyone's thinking of uh, doing anything i'm a prime example that you would most probably have more knowledge than me about you know dj equipment when i or whatever equipment you're working with when i uh when i started yeah right <laughs> awesome bro love that answer cool a couple more and then i want to move into an, an idea we've talked about previously um so we'll get through this uh so this one is kind of a double one i have no connections and i can't communicate with people So everyone can communicate with people. It's just not everyone is strong at communi communicating all different ways with people. So one thing, if anyone listens to this that's been involved with me, I can't spell. I'm telling you right now, I am the world's worst speller. If you look at any of my posts, there is spelling mistakes, grammar mistakes all the way through it. <laughs> I don't care. I, I, just, I, don't, I just put it out there, put it out there, put it out there. But face to face, I'm really good. Mm. You know, write, writing an email, if you read it, it you'd be like, as a 10-year-old sort of sent me this. But face-to-face, -face, I'm fine. So just find out which medium 
is best for you communication-wise. If you're a massive introvert, odds are that um, email, text, um, you know, even um, sliding into social media with DMs and that sort of stuff is your medium to communicate with. So just find out which one you're strongest with and then communicate with that, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, now connections. Connections is a really, really good one. If you just start running your race, people will help you. Mm. Like, people will help you. So get in the circles. Like I said, with Tion, uh, Jay, so I'll tell you how the, what happened on the first event. So um, didn't know how to plug in any equipment. I had to hire the equipment. I YouTubed how to plug it in. Um, a guy called Damien or Damo showed up. And he said, yeah, I'll, I'll help you set up. I'm like, oh, fantastic, great. Come and we'll do a sound check. Meanwhile, I was thinking, I hope this guy knows how to plug in everything. So he came in and he started plugging in everything, you know. Mm. So he just popped up and just started helping me out, you know, plugging in everything. And then he, he became a pretty crucial part of the Melbourne open deck, you know, helping me with this, helping me with, um, you know, sound and all that sort of thing. Then say T and J rocked up and then, uh, he helped with a lot of the levels because he's, I mean, he's been DJing forever, Ibiza, New York, everywhere around the world. So then he started pushing all that knowledge on me as well. Mm. Okay, so start running your race, start going to places where I guess your people, your connections would hang out and just start speaking to people or start sending emails, start sending messages. And what you'll find is the right people will pop up and help you out. It's starting with no connections is actually a benefit, I think, because you can kind of pick your team where if you want to start something in where um, you specialize in and you're surrounded by all those people, then you have that added pressure of people wanting to be involved and you feel obligated and that sort of thing. You're not starting with a clean slate. I actually think starting with connections can be a hindrance if you don't have the right people around you. Mm, that's a good way to look at it. Love that. All right, bro. So I want to move into this idea of thinking too much. Um, <laughs> and instead of thinking too much, I guess, just just doing it, essentially. I guess that's kind of your been your philosophy throughout 2020 of starting this business is, is to not think about it too much and to just give it a crack. So do you want to maybe expand upon that? Yeah. Um, so with myself, I know if I... If I sit on something for say five minutes, I'm not going to do it. Mm. Okay, because the doubters come into their head, all that sort of thing. So, I think all all the way up to my last, just want to like talk about mental health and this voice um, that everyone thinks is only their own voice um, in their head. But I've I've recently learned that everybody has this. Up to my last beach set in Scarborough every day especially between the hours of i was documenting it especially between the hours of sort of six and ten i would just be telling myself how i don't know what i'm doing um everyone's gonna laugh at you um you know really someone else should be doing this you're a fake all this sort of stuff so i probably had three to four hours a day um, of that going through my head and it was always at night time which is really interesting Mm. um you know, consistently, consistently, consistently. And going on to that with ideas, if I have an idea like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to message Carl Cox and I'm going to see if he wants to be involved. If I think about that for five minutes, I'm not doing it. Mm. Okay, so as soon as I think something, I do it. 
Mm. You know, 20% of my ideas are probably rubbish, whatever. If they're rubbish, then people will say, look, no, because of X, Y, and Z, fine, I'll take that in. Mm. But taking action and then thinking of every single little detail after the fact will get you more productive. Mm. 100%. So that, that's, I mean, that's what works for me. Don't worry about your own mind telling you you can't do stuff. You're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not educated enough. Um, I had a lot of anxiety. Like I moved from a trade background into a professional corporate background. I didn't do that for around a five-year period when I could have because I was concerned about my English skills writing. Yeah, right. And stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's incredible. And now I look back and think, Oh man, why, why did I even think of that? Like it's, it's, but I did, it was Mm. like, I left school at year 10 and I thought, well, there's no way I could move into a corporate background or anything like that. People will think I'm a fake. I didn't finish school. I don't do all this sort of thing. But, and then when I finally got sick of myself talking to myself about that and just did it, I prospered. Mm. 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 Oh man, what am I doing? Like, I guess, you know, way back when, that probably would have been when I was like 25. Um, That's when I started educating myself and thinking, just, you know, stop being negative on yourself. Just do it. Just Mm -hmm. friggin' do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing, right? It's the actual process of building up anxiety that is the true suffering. Once you actually do it, even if you fail, like even if you fail miserably, like, Bro, I straight up like messaged Jay Shetty, emailed him, left comments, added him on my stories, zero response, absolutely none. (laughs) Like dude probably thinks I'm just creeping on him, standing in his bedroom window being like, hey, Jay, come on my podcast. Uh, Shout out to Jay Shetty if you're listening, by the way. Uh, (laughs) But like I didn't get a single response, but I just took the action like you said. And straight away, as soon as I did it, the anxiety was gone. The worry about it was gone. I was like, you know what? I've done it. The result is the result. I'll try again later. It's fine. It's done. It's, it's the uh, water wearing away the rock. Hmm. Um, I, I love that analogy. Like I really 100% love it. If you're, I mean, Carl Cox, I'll give you an example. Like he's a rock to me. He is like the, the absolute don of music, of hmm. electronic music, DJing, all that sort of thing. Um, but I know 100% uh, messaging him, um, copying him in on stories and all that sort of thing. And I ran a challenge for myself that I wanted something for Carl Cox or even to um, have Carl Cox sort of acknowledge me in any way and what we're doing in our movement and, you know, try, trying to grow the scene from the grassroots. So then that became my get three no's, mm. three no's a week. All right, let's get three no's. So I was contacting his management, his companies, his clothing companies, anyone that knew him, everything like that. And I ended up getting a little bit of interaction from him, probably just so I'd leave him alone. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you know but, but I got it, you know, and he's like, he, he's my guy. He's, he's, uh, one of his quotes is, um, uh, your favourite artist was once your local artist. Don't wait until they blow up to show you support. Yeah, that's awesome. So, that's one of his quotes and that's basically what open deck is you know open deck fest open deck uh with dj vz on kiss fm all that sort of thing is you know these are the local guys up and coming so yeah i was 
I mean, I, I got to know his management over in Ibiza pretty well. Mm. <laughs> and I was messaging back and forth and saying, look, you know, like we, we've got a show on Kiss FM, we've got this, we've got that, you know. And maybe one day he might get involved and might pop up, but just do it. Yeah, just got to give it a crack, right? Awesome, bro. Well, I'm pretty sure that's, that's been about an hour now. Um, so I reckon... We'll, uh, we'll move into the four and one and I'm sure we'll have plenty of chats in the future. Who knows? Maybe you'll make another appearance on the podcast when you book Carl Cox in the future. <laughs> maybe, I mean, if you get him on the podcast as well, then I'll, I'll definitely give you a solid hug, bro, because that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I can get Carl Cox and Jay Shetty in the same room. That'd be kind of He's, weird. Um, he, does, like, he does so much charity work. He does so much good work. It's He's a pretty he's, amazing um, human. Eh? He is. Yeah, he's incredible. Mm. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Carl Cox if you're if you're listening, bro. Shout out, Carl. <laughs> cool, bro. Well, let's uh, let's move into the four and one, and then once we've done the four and one, I'll get a little bit of a spiel from you for anyone who wants to follow you. Maybe check out some of the artists, some of the the gigs and the festivals, and then uh, yeah, I'll leave you to enjoy the rest of your day with your beautiful family. How's that sound? Hundred percent. Sounds good, man. Cool, bro. All right. First question for you: Dream startup. dream startup as in what i wish i started no as in something that's constantly playing on your mind you're thinking god i really want to do that one day maybe now's not the right time for it but it's something that's you know always in the back of your mind like i would really love to start this business um okay all right wow that's a good one um all right what business do i really wish what's that okay um a hole in the wall Burger place that only sells two burgers, one with cheese, one without. <laughs> That's so awesome. And I did not expect that. That's sick. That's all I want to do. That's awesome, bro. Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> Love that. Love that. That's That just breaks down the whole need to pick something off the menu. It's just you want cheese, you don't want cheese. Yeah, so the burgers have to be that good that it's one with cheese, one without. That That's all we have. <laughs> That's so sick. I've had that idea for a long time. I don't... I've actually bought a Weber kettle um, mm. and I'm going to start barbecuing. And I think that's where it actually comes from. So I can absolutely nail it. Mm. And then, you know, with $0, because that's my rule, starting mm. with $0, open that up somehow. That's sick, dude. Love that. Okay. Next one for you. Dream artist to watch and or book. So it can be one artist or it can be two different ones. So one you really want to watch or one you really want to book, or maybe it's both. Well, it's Carl Cox. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. That's Big dog Carl. That's, that's the guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just anything, artist, book, interview, anything like that. It's, and what, what I like about him is that the more I get to learn about him and I've, I've learned quite a bit off of say Paul Harding from Pendulum of him is he's a 100% professional. So um, I mean, there's stories of people like huge parties at his house, but Carl doesn't party. Mm. Okay, he's not out there drinking and doing all this sort of stuff. He's he he's professional. He runs it like a business. Um, he works for charities and does all this sort of stuff. And as, as I've dove more into the entertainment industry, I find that the real, real big guys, like the huge guys up there, they run it like a business. Okay, they look after themselves. They look after their bodies. You know, they look after their health, and they run it like a business yes they're at parties and they are the best djs and that sort of thing but they're not getting ridden off and all that so he's a 100 professional 
does a lot of charity work and all that sort of stuff. So I think he sets a good example for um, everything in the music industry. Awesome. Good answer, bro. Next one for you, your favorite book. Uh, Outlies. Malcolm Outlies, Gladwell. cool. What was the author on that one? Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. Cool. And I'll pop that in the, uh, in the bio below for anyone who wants to have a look. Beautiful. And a last one for you. Aliens, believer or non-believer? Um, uh, believer, um, but I don't think they necessarily take like a human form. Mm. Okay, I think like we model it after ourselves because that that's all we've actually seen. But mm. define alien is alien just you know some sort of organism? Sure, it mm. has to mm. be. It has mm. to be. Uh, with how huge everything is, uh, 100%, but I don't think they're going to be little green men that sort of uh, walk the earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine. I like to think so, you know. I like yeah. to think so. It's funny, like, as they're discovering more and more habitable planets, the, the um, probability of there being advanced, like intelligent life in the universe that's more advanced than us is getting higher and higher, which is kind of terrifying to think. Can you imagine it would like this whole time we've been just being watched like a TV show by a bunch of really, really advanced aliens. They're looking down on us going, Oh, Oh, look, they've, they've, they've discovered nuclear. Look at that. Oh, look, they've got nuclear bombs now. <laughs> well, one thing I'm obsessed with and it's not something you can force is like original thought. Um, there's so much, uh, I mean, there's so much copying and people like building and this sort of thing. But to have actual like original thought is incredible, and I think I think that's what sort of moves us forward. You know, these like original thoughts, and um, I mean, I, I think that's going to advance. I think the stuff coming from um, outer space, like materials, like new advanced materials, as soon as a new material sort of lands on Earth or comes like that, it gives you know these these people that develop all these technologies. Um, original thought and that's how we advance so i yeah. like to hope that um there is aliens but i learned that um i learned that is it neptune where it rains diamonds have you heard that yeah that's nuts i think it's neptune that's incredible yeah <laughs> imagine that, yeah, imagine yeah. the first person who figures out how to get a mining rig to <laughs> neptune the price of diamonds <laughs> the price of diamonds would plummet <laughs> yeah and uh, there's a planet where it rains glass I learned that last week. Oh, well. God, that would suck. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, it's raining again, and Barry's standing there without an arm going, oh, here goes the other arm. <laughs> Sick, bro. Awesome. Um, all right, is there anything you kind of want to say about um, your business slash businesses, maybe some places people can find you, where they can follow you, where they can actually go and see um, the gigs or listen to the gigs? Yeah, 100%. We have, we have a lot going on, so we have... Um, Open Deck Fest uh, VIC, Open Deck Fest Vic, that's on Facebook. Uh, you'll see all our events. We're running one this Sunday, hopefully, fingers crossed, due to restrictions. We've got Open Deck Fest South Australia, which we're developing a few, uh, a few events over there. We've got Open Deck Fest WA on Facebook as well, where you'll see all our events. Now, if you're a DJ and you want to play, um, just send me through a mix. Okay, through to Messenger on any of those platforms. We're also on Instagram, um, Open Deck Fest on Instagram. Um, Family Rave Day is Two Fat Dads on Facebook and Two Fat Dads on Instagram as well. So you can jump in there and have a look at what we're doing. 
Uh, we've got some pretty big meetings coming out from the Two Fat Dads group. Um, so hopefully we can sort of move that into bigger settings. Um, so that's, that's, that's pretty interesting seeing that. that. That's probably been, looking market size, that's probably been the most successful than anything we've ever done uh, because the family market is about this big. Whereas every sort of, oh, look at my hands there. Every sort of subgenre is sort of this big. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you think of like techno music and this music and that, whatever, if you look at, you know, the family market's about 10 times, which has been really, really surprising and really interesting. Awesome, and bro. That, that, that's all the socials. Hit me up, ask me any questions, any queries, anything. Even if you're starting your own thing, feel free, hit me up. Sick. Yeah, as much as I can. Sick, Karen, love that. Awesome, bro. Well, this has been an amazing chat. Uh, but yeah, I'll leave you to get on with your day. And thanks so much for coming hey, on the show. Do I get to ask you something? The forum. Oh, yeah, dude, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, you get to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost got away with that. <laughs> yeah, hit me. All right. Um, well, in, when, in, in your younger years, uh, what ideas did you have that you didn't action, which you wish you did? Ooh, that's a really good question. Does it have to be business related? No. No. Um, yeah, I think one of the one of the ones that I kind of wish I did, and if I'm honest, I, I don't really re- regret or kind of wish I did anything differently because it, it led me to where I am now, and I'm I'm pretty pretty happy with where I am now. But I guess if I was to mention one, it would have been uh, not kind of ending my relationship with a partner at the time that I wanted to, because I wanted to go do this travel and there was potential of starting my own little business in, in the States, uh, cash under the table, you know, a little bit dodgy, but, <laughs> like but, uh, but it, I mean, I was young, didn't realize anything, the, the business didn't start. So if anyone from uh, the US, the SEC is looking for me, don't worry, I didn't do any cash under the table. But um, yeah, I kind of wish I'd, I'd, I'd taken that, that opportunity because I think a lot of a lot would have come out of that, but I didn't, and I learned from that one in a big way. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. Sick man. A business? Can you tell us? Cool. I think it was just like kayaking tours. It was something like really okay. not not that exciting at all. It was just like taking people on kayaking trips, which in hindsight would have been a terrible idea because we didn't have any sort of uh, insurance, any sort of, and like this is whitewater kayaking, right? Like. I was doing it for a company as a contractor. Okay, you know how to kayak. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was I was very good at, at kayaking and, and guiding, but yeah, kind of glad it didn't happen. Actually, that, that could have been really bad. But you know what? Uh, I wanted to give it a go, and I didn't. And this whole podcast is about giving it a go. So you know, maybe I should have. Maybe I would have been in jail in the states right now. If I had. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely have COVID. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Crazy, crazy. All right, bro. Well, thanks heaps. I'm sorry I almost missed your question. Uh, But yeah, thanks for jumping (laughs) on the show, brother. And uh, we'll talk soon, huh? Awesome, mate. Thanks for having me. Hello again, friend. Thanks for listening to the entirety of that episode. I truly appreciate you tuning in. Uh, If you haven't already, please subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And if you're using Apple Podcasts, huge favor to ask you. Can you please leave a five-star rating? leave a comment, leave a review, and be sure to share this with anyone in your life that you think it'll impact positively. Uh, each and every rating and, the, and review that we get on Apple Podcasts helps beat the algorithm and get the podcast out to more people. And I think these conversations are worth sharing. 
So thanks once again, and we'll see you in the next episode of Couple of Lattes.